Welcome to the Lifestyle First podcast, discussing lifestyle medicine and making self-care as easy as one, two, three. One question, two research reviews, and three actionable health tips, all centered around the Lifestyle First method, your blueprint for the 10 key roots of optimal health and happiness. And now your host, lifestyle medicine physician and coach, Dr. Alka Patel. Hello, and welcome to Series 6, Episode 9. The theme we're focusing on today is E for Emotions. And the one question that we're asking is, how can you move from fear to forgiveness? And to answer that, I'd like to introduce you to my guest today, who is Lois Wagner. Lois is from South Africa. And she's a TEDx speaker with TEDx Lennox Village with the talk from fear to forgiveness to freedom. Now, Lois helps people move from victim to survivor, to thriver, to freedom. And then uh, she's done this after facing her own life challenges and she helps others face their own challenges or adversities. She's a speaker, a storyteller, and a mentor. And she's also author of the book, Walking Without Skin. So Lois, welcome. It is such a pleasure to speak to you today. Hi, Alka. Hi, everybody. Thanks very much for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Ah, absolutely. Now, Lois, your talk opens so, so powerfully as you describe your own personal ordeal at the hands of an attacker a rapist. And I think I first really want to extend my gratitude to you for the, the courage that it takes to, to really share such a, a deep and vivid experience. So um, really want to say thank you for, for doing that. And as I was listening to your talk, um, the words that struck out were the words victim. And I really wanted to start by asking you, what emotion does being a victim bring with it? Well, there's many emotions that come with being a victim. Uh, It really depends on the circumstances of your experience. So the experience could be something like a motor car accident that was somebody else's fault. So it's anger. Or it might be you created the accident, so it's guilt. (laughs) So it's a lot of emotions. It could be fear. It could be hatred. It could be blame. It could be guilt. It could be shame. It's all those negative feelings, the sadness, the depression, the discomfort, the annoyance. It it really depends on the severity of the experience that you've been through. Yeah. And it's so easy to hold those experiences and for those emotions to then, I guess, sort of shape your onward journey and your response to life thereafter. Is that what you found with sort of people that you've been working with as well? It's, you know, a lot of people like to stay in that victim place for a long time. Well, not necessarily that they like it, but because they don't know how to get out of it, Mm -hmm. they do stay there for too long. And that does come back to haunt you later because it triggers you. So if you witness another accident or you go through another ordeal like mine, you it, it, or you you hear about another ordeal. Even just hearing about it, it triggers those emotions again, mm-hmm. and you you re-experience 
that negative that negative adversity or challenge that you faced. Mm -hmm. So if you don't deal with those emotions, you are going to you're never going to be free. You're really going to live with it, and it's it's going to, you know, it goes deep into your subconscious. You don't forget. You never forget. Uh, but if you don't deal with them, they are there. And you know, I I still talk about when I was attacked. The man came up behind me, and I never heard him. And for years afterwards, if somebody just walked behind me, I used to get a fright. Mm -hmm. So unless you deal with it, you're going to get that fright. Now, I don't do that anymore. I don't get afraid anymore. Dealing with it is hard, isn't it? Whatever the degree of the attack or the insult, dealing with this is is very, very hard. I've been reading some uh, books about forgiveness, actually, um, following uh, your talk, because it really did um, intrigue me. Um, I don't know if you've come across Jeffrey Murphy's book, but uh, his book is called Forgiveness and Its Limits. And he opens his actual book with this question that says, what kind of victim should I try to be? A vindictive victim seeking vengeance or a forgiving victim seeking reconciliation so do you think then based on that that you can choose whether you deal with this or not and choose what sort of victim you want to be absolutely you can choose but there's a third one in between those the first one uh, is is revenge and the third one is reconciliation the middle one is you don't have to reconcile it's not about forgiveness. It's not about reconciliation. You can if you want. I haven't reconciled with the rapist. I don't want to reconcile with the rapist because I've set myself free from him. And so, yeah, reconciliation, if I wanted to, I could. But he's, no, he's not a part of my life anymore. So why? Why do I need to reconcile? So, yeah, there's a third one. And you can choose. I chose not immediately. <laughs> I remained with the thoughts, not so much of revenge, but I, I stayed with that hatred and, and you know, maybe he would get raped in jail. And, you know, so you have those thoughts. So I did have those thoughts for a while until I moved on and I made the choice to move on and to forgive. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, um, that's uh, really interesting to hear, that sort of middle pathway of, neutrality almost of letting go because we often associate forgiveness with reconciliation in order to forgive you've got to reconcile but what you're describing isn't that at all your forgiveness is your way to just move forward um, with your life more than anything else um, and there's another book actually I must bring this up as well um, Michael McCullough I don't know if you've come across that one either but this is um, it was called Forgiveness Theory Research and Practice and what he describes is that forgiveness is as strong a human instinct as seeking revenge so what you were describing in the beginning those feelings and emotions of harm and hurt and, and you know, at least it, it, kind of that experience of vengeance. Amongst all of that, forgiveness in the way you've described was also there as a strong human instinct, but perhaps took longer to, to show itself up. What do you think about that? Do you think there's something very instinctive about forgiveness? 
No. <laughs> you know, the way I look at it is when you're still in that victim mode, you cannot forgive. You cannot even think about forgiving. All those emotions, those negative emotions, especially the anger and the hatred that comes in, in those first moments, they're there for a reason and you need to feel those emotions. It's so important that you you experience them, that you understand them. What, what do they mean? What is the purpose? How does it serve you? Because it does serve you. It maybe protects you from something. Uh, and, and, you know, what do you, it's so important to just come to grips with it. I always say take those emotions and really, really feel them using all your senses, whatever those senses are. Feel those emotions. And while you're feeling those dreadful emotions, there's no ways you can even begin to consider forgiveness. So forgiveness only comes as you progress through the healing journey. So the way I look at it, you go from forgiveness to survivor. And in survivor mode, you can't forgive either because survivor is trying to get your life back into some kind of a, a normal, even kill again, trying to make sense of what happened, trying to get, you know, just to find meaning again. Uh, and it takes a lot of courage and strength to, to survive. And so while you're struggling with that, you, you can't forgive either. And it is only when you move into the next phase where you start finding a new direction, a new passion, a new focus, and you forge forward into a new reality. That is when you can consider forgiving. So I never say to people, forgive. I first understand where they are on their journey and then say, okay, let's consider it now. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate that because forgiveness sometimes feels as though it holds some moral obligation to it as well, doesn't it? As though it's something that you should do because morally it's the right thing to do. But that certainly doesn't need to be the case at all. Uh, you know, I've dealt with, with a woman who, whose son was murdered and she stayed in victim mode and she did not want to move out of victim mode. She, she was so filled with hatred and the need for revenge. And so I, I actually just mentioned forgiveness. She wanted to hit me. <laughs> I even mentioned it to her. And so You've got to be very careful. You, you, when you're not ready, you're not ready. And, and maybe she never gets to that point, and that's fine. It's her decision. You make that decision. Mm -hmm. But you make that decision when you're in a good place, not when you're in a bad place. So what do you think then are the consequences of non-forgiveness, of staying where you are, not necessarily in the victim state. Maybe you've moved into survivor, but forgiveness isn't part of that. What are the consequences for non-forgiveness? Well, first of all, I think the triggers, you get triggered very easily with memories and other similar occurrences. You get triggered and it brings back all those negative associations and the sadness and the hatred or whatever mm. your emotions are. Uh, and, and that has an impact on your health. <laughs> you know about health. It creates stress and anxiety and that has an impact on your, your physical being. And, you, you know, you've got to look after yourself. And one way to look after yourself is to let it go. But it's not, you know, a lot of people say, oh, let it go. You can't let it go unless you process it. You need to work through the process in order to let it go. 
And it's exactly what you said. It's allowing yourself to experience it in the first place, experience that anger. Don't try and avoid it or got rid of it or feel even more guilty about it. Let yourself experience the anger, the shame, the guilt, whatever's kind of showing up. Because until you do that, it doesn't allow you to think about what it is that you want for your life going forward because you're constantly in avoidant mode, aren't you? I was um, I was attacked and raped on my business premises. I was in a partnership um, in a small digital printing business. And my partner, I didn't want to work there anymore, so my partner agreed to buy me out. And he, instead of buying me out, he liquidated the business and we, we went bankrupt. And I went deep into debt, which took me years to recover. And I think I had more hatred for him than I did for the rapist because the rapist was a stranger, whereas this man was a business partner and a friend. And so I felt like I'd been raped twice and I was so bitterly angry with him. And I wanted to kill him. I said if I ever saw him in the street and I was driving my car, I would ride him over. That's how much I hated. And... uh, after about two years, I called him and I said, I need to talk to you. I need to forgive you. And uh, I forgave him. And now we're not friends, but if I see him in the street, it's, hi, how are you? And, you know, you get on with it. Whereas if I hadn't forgiven him, I would still be holding those dreadful, dreadful emotions that don't serve me at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a, that's a great description, I guess, of freedom. So another question then, you've described what non-forgiveness gives you. What does freedom give you? Well, it's, very, it's very difficult to explain that feeling. You have to experience it to really understand it. But, you know, when you've got unforgiveness, you're bonded. You're bound to that person or that situation, and it lives with you and it eats at you and it destroys you from the inside. Mm-hmm. And so when you're forgiving, all you're doing is you're breaking that tie. You're breaking that bond that is tying you to that situation. So when when I forgave the rapist, it was quite incredible because the, the authorities said to me, I, I forgave him in the prison. Um, and the authorities said to me that uh, they would let me know it was at his parole hearing uh, whether he would get uh, parole or not. And it was spontaneous. I just looked at them and I said, no, you won't tell me if he gets parole or not because he has nothing to do with me anymore. I had broken that tie so completely that to this day, I do not know what has happened to that man. Um, and it really, <laughs> I didn't walk out of that prison. I literally flew out of that prison, totally free. It was, I, I can't, I can't find the words. <laughs> I, I can't even begin to imagine or express what your journey and what your emotions have been, Lois, but what I know is I can see you here today and actually this incredible journey of turnaround where now you're using a difficult, difficult experience and helping others. You've translated what happened to you into actually something that you're able to, to give back. How do, you, how do you do that? How do you actually go all that way to um, utilizing what I'm, I've become, what I've been to give back? Well, you know, it takes... Um, resilience and grit. You know, I, I always say it takes resilience to get to survivor mode, and then it takes grit to get to thriver mode. 
And then when you're in thrive mode, that's when you either suffer from or you're not, you, you, you get a post-traumatic growth. It's like a growth mindset. And you've, you, you learn and you realize, wow, this, this was there for a purpose. This served me. This is what it's done for me. This is how it's changed me. This is how I've grown or developed. And, and when you reach that phase, it, it is also very freeing and liberating to, to get to that phase. And then some of us and many of us out there who've been through some kind of trauma, whatever it is, uh, we, we then develop a benefit mindset. And that is saying, well, I've got all of this. Look how it's helped me. Why can't I help other people with it? So it is a, a process and you progress from one stage to the other. Um, and you do it at your own pace, in your own time, and your journey. It's not a linear journey. It's up and down, and you know you bounce backwards and forwards. But once you're actually forgiven, you stop bouncing back. You stop getting triggered. You actually become truly free from that situation. Sounds like a, a bit like the grief process, the bereavement process. Would you would you agree? There's that anger and then the denial and then over time comes an acceptance and something that goes beyond that as well but in that journey of course it's never going to be uh, one straight line do you see parallels absolutely when i first started you know and i developed my model i used the brief model as the basis for my model because yes you know we do experience those emotions we do go there's a, there's a school of thought that says there is no there is no process, there is no journey, there is no, you know, you've just got to deal with it. But it is, you do go through those phases, but it's not a linear. I think that's what's so important. I think the grief process, when it was originally written back in the 50s, it was very much you follow these steps, but it's not. You, you do go around so but the emotions are the same um, and you do go through all of those emotions at some point through your journey whatever your experience has been you do have all of those feelings and then you know the acceptance saying you know and that's i think the acceptance should come right in the victim <laughs> in the victim stage right at the beginning accept it it happened you know the divorce, divorce the, the feelings from the incident and then deal with those emotions. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes easier said than done because we do tend to replay events. We live out a lot of our life in the past. We hold the past accountable for what happens to us going forward. Um, but it's exactly that. If you stay in the now, as you said, uh, the past is done. No amount of going back and living through it and thinking about the what ifs changes that. But what you can change is what happens from this moment onwards. And, and you do have the what ifs or the if onlys. Mm -hmm. It does happen at some phase, usually around the struggle mode, you start having the if onlys and the what ifs. I mean, I had the if only I'd known how to fight because I, I fought this, this rapist with everything I had. But I didn't know how to fight, and so he overcame me. I should have been able to beat him. So I had this: if only I knew how to fight, I could have won, you know. And and if only I hadn't worked late that night, uh, it wouldn't have happened. So yes, you had that, and it's natural. And yeah, I had it, and now hey, I worked late that night. It was a decision I made. It was the best decision I could make at the time. I fought him. It was the best decision I could make at the time. 
And you can't have guilt or blame or regret over those decisions. They were the best you knew how to do when it happened. You were driving too fast when you had that accident. At that time, it was the best thing. You were enjoying the drive or you were hurrying to get to an appointment. It was the best decision at that time. So you can't hold on to that that negativity. You've got to you've got to process it and work through it. And it's not that difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And now here is your lifestyle first prescription. Your three activating actions to take you from knowing to doing. Let's make this a little bit of a, a transformative journey for, for people who are listening. There will be many who have had um, experiences of adversity, difficulty, challenge, intrusion. Can you give us three actions, three things that you think you know, people could, could do that is going to change what happens next for them? Uh, uh, it's so important to deal with those emotions at the beginning. And so I've got a little um, technique that I use, and it's a very simple technique, but there are so many therapies and models and, and healers out there that can help you with this. But I've got a very simple technique that is, is quite quick <laughs> and it's very simple. And it's really, you take your emotion, that negative emotion, and you feel it. You feel it. <laughs> um, I've got a, a life-size dummy and one of those pool noodles, and I say, beat the dummy, <laughs> dress the dummy up as the perpetrator and beat the dummy, you know, really express your emotions. Feel it with all your senses, you know, describe it and say, um, it smells like rotten eggs and um, it, it feels like somebody stabbed me in the gut or whatever it is, find, find ways to really experience it using all your senses and rate its intensity. And then we start looking at replacement. How would you rather feel? And then vision board it. You know, we're very good at creating vision boards for our careers and our homes and our, our lives. But why don't we do it with our emotions? How do I want to feel? I want to feel the sun shining on my face and I want to feel, hear the birds sing and the smell of freshly baked bread. You know, describe your, your revised or, or replacement emotion using all those senses, get an affirmation, draw a picture, you know, and make it real. And it works. It really does work. Be mindful, be in the present. And uh, you start accepting and dealing with those emotions. Yeah. No, I, I, I love that, Lois. I think that's incredible because actually giving your feeling, your emotion, the weight that it's that it's calling out for right at the beginning is so important, isn't it? And, and those descriptors, there's something about giving it names, descriptions that actually start to take off the gravitas as well, um, which is really, really useful. So uh, thank you for that. I love the idea as well of replacing it and actually thinking about, well, what's the alternative here? What do I want to uh, to replace this with. So, uh, so yeah, thank you. So number one is feel that emotion and describe that emotion with, with everything you can. Anything else you can suggest? Well, you've got to learn to forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for all those little decisions that you made, remembering that they were the right decision for you at that time. So I worked late. I didn't know how to fight. Um, and you can practice self-forgiveness every day. You know, Everybody has a, this gratitude journal is a thing now. Everybody does it. Add to your gratitude journal a forgiveness journal. And 
every day. I forgive the dog for pooing on the carpet. <laughs> I forgive myself for shouting at the dog for pooing at the carpet. I forgive myself for burning the dinner. <laughs> you know, find the little things and practice forgiveness because the more you practice forgiveness, the easier it becomes and it becomes part of your psyche. It becomes part of who you are. I mean, I call myself Lois, your friend for forgiveness because it's all about forgiving, you, you know, it happened rightfully, wrongfully, by mistake, on purpose. It happened. Move on. But mm -hmm. don't just move on because if you move on, it's still in the subconscious in a negative way. Forgive and move on. Mm -hmm. So self-forgiveness is so important. I love how you describe that, actually, because that practice of doing it with the small things, you start to create that almost that impression in your mind of, yes, I can do this with the small things. So when that bigger obstacle arrives and invariably life is designed to, to throw things at us, you're already primed, aren't you? You're already pumped to know how to apply forgiveness because you've been doing it and practicing it, just like going to the gym and building and flexing that muscle. You've been kind of flexing that forgiveness muscle and they're able to then apply that when, when even bigger things arrive. So um, really appreciate that. So forgive yourself first. And number three. Well, forgive the perpetrator. So again, start with the little things, you know, forgive the dog for peeing on the carpet, forgive your partner for coming home late, forgive that driver who cut you off in the traffic. You know, just learn to forgive, just say, that guy cut you off in the traffic. He had an emergency. He was in a hurry. He, he has problems. And, and he did the best he could at that time. He made his decision based on where he was at at that time. And had he known differently, had he known that he might cause you to get upset, maybe he would have made a different choice. So it's understanding that the perpetrator made the best decision and had they known better, they may have made a better decision. Practicing with the small things helps with the big things. Mm, mm. Gosh, that's a very powerful one, the third one, I think, um, because we're very quick to judge, aren't we? And our judgments arrive from our own biases and our own uh, expectations or understandings and, uh, and assumptions. Uh, but actually, we have no idea what is going on in the mind of somebody else, um, so uh, really, really like those three, Lois. Thank you so much. That's been uh, an incredible conversation, I think. Uh, I felt your warmth. I felt your journey. Um, I felt your, your future um, as well through this and how you've kind of changed your outlook and looking forward and really supporting others. And I'm sure people will want to get in touch with you. So what is the best way to, to reach you, Lois? It's very easy, Walking Without Skin. That is the name of my webpage. It's the name of my book. <laughs> um, it's the name of my Facebook page. So Walking Without Skin, very easy to, to find me. If you Google it, you'll find it. Oh, amazing. I will share those links uh, onto the description um, of today, uh, Lois, for sure. And I would encourage everybody to, to listen to your TEDx talk as well. So um, thank you so much, uh, Lois, for being here with me today. Beautiful conversation that we've had. I'm sure people listening will have gained um, so much, really. So um, thank you. And I'd like to just say to everybody, fly free. <laughs> Thank you for that, Lois. Uh, and it simply leaves me to wish everybody uh, listening as well. As always, I wish you all a happy, healthy day. 
Thanks for joining us on the Lifestyle First podcast, making self-care as easy as one, two, three. Don't forget to subscribe and share, and we'd love it if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. To learn more or to arrange a consultation, please visit www.dralkapatel.com. See you next time.